Blog Talk Radio. Ray. People will come, Ray. They come to Iowa for reasons they can't even fathom. They turn up your driveway, not knowing for sure why they're doing it. They'll arrive at your door as innocent as children, longing for the past. Of course, we won't mind if you look around, you'll say. It's only $20 per person. They'll pass over the money without even thinking about it. For it is money they have and peace they like. Ray, just sign the papers. And they'll walk out to the bleachers. Sit in shirt sleeves on a perfect afternoon. They'll find they have reserved seats somewhere along one of the baselines. So they sat when they were children and cheered their heroes. And they'll watch the game. And it'll be as if they dipped themselves in magic waters. The memories will be so thick that I have to brush them away from their faces. Ray, when the bank opens in the morning, they'll foreclose. People will come, Ray. You're broke, Ray. You sell now or you lose everything. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, is a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good, and it could be again. Oh, people will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. Ray, people... What's going on, everybody? I, I'm not sure if uh, if our audio is working correctly. I don't know if Tyrone can hear me. All right, so you guys can hear me, but I know Tyrone's trying to figure out some audio stuff at the moment. Anyway, uh, to start, I'm Jared Zero. I'm one of the writers for Back Sports Page. And yeah, so I guess while we wait for Tyrone and Ahmed, I'll give you guys a brief background of what we're doing here. So the three of us became pretty good friends really quickly through back sports page and our writing. And we decided that we wanted to do a podcast together and we, we were planning it for a little while now. And I, we decided we came up with the new wave. Tyrone came up with the name and it's not going to be your typical sports podcast. 
It's not going to be who's going to win this game. What's the news from last week or this week, unless it's really big news. A lot of it's going to be, a lot of it's going to be more opinions and more conversations than anything else. So we're still trying to get a couple of the technical difficulties worked out. Um, Let's see. I guess while we're waiting, we can go over some of the topics that we're going to talk about today. One of the topics that I've really wanted to be, I've really wanted to talk about is what Tyrone recently wrote about, and it's how athletes like Tom Brady and you know Vince Carter have kind of beaten Father Time. And now our focus is kind of shifting to LeBron James and seeing if he can do the same thing. You know, LeBron's getting up there in age, and two years ago he carried an entire Cleveland Cavaliers team to the to the finals. And granted, they lost, but, I mean, what he did almost single-handedly was very impressive, especially against a, a very, very talented Celtics team. So, that's one of the things we're going to talk about today. The other things we're going to talk about is, you know, what the playoff picture is going to look like for the NFL. How last week, a a couple of major injuries might be affecting fantasy football playoffs. And we're going to be talking about how contracts are handled, given how given the Garrett Cole signing with the New York Yankees. So I think we have a lot of good topics in store. We're still just trying to work out a little bit of the audio on the other end. Um, let's see what else. This is also my first time like hosting a show, I guess you could call it. Let's see here. Hopefully they can get in. And then we will get underway. I mean, like I said, it's a fir- it's a very first like learning how to use the website and kind of getting everybody in on the correct, you know, getting everyone in on the show. So learning learning procedures, I guess we'll call them. It's it's a little bit of a learning curve, and I myself am usually not very confident about these types of things. So let's see here. Um, let's see. Uh, 
All right. So it looks like Ahmed is in here. Um, I, I don't know if you can hear me. If you're talking, I can't hear you. Let me see something here. Oh, wait. It looks like Ahmed's in here. Wait, hold on. Um, I, I don't Ahmed, know if you can, can you hear me? me? Talking, I, I can hear you. you. Okay, right. fantastic. We got Ahmed in the show. I can hear you, but you're, you're repeating okay, in some loop for whatever reason. Got Ahmed in the show. Yeah, I can hear that. I don't know if that's on my end or if it's on your I end. I don't know. You're repeating in some loop for whatever reason. I can hear myself at that point. <laughs> Yeah, I can hear. Um, I don't know if that's this is weird. I know. going until you came in. All right, this is technical difficulties. I, I figured these would happen with every. Uh, okay, so Ahmed's trying to fix his mic. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. How about Tyrone? Let's let's check in on him, make sure that he's getting in here just okay. I think maybe next time we might try a different um a different way of doing this. trying to figure out how to get them on here. So again, I apologize everybody. Um, let's see, hold on, trying to still figure this out. What the hell? All right. I don't know if you guys can still hear me or what is going on. All right. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. All right. I think I might have figured it out. 
Let me do this. Hold on. I think I figured it out, guys. I could be totally wrong, but anything's better than nothing, right? And then if that works, All right, hopefully this works. Um, I was kind of clicking around and messing with some stuff to try to figure it out, and hopefully this does it. I know when I did my, I was doing the show with Ryan Stern, who he does, uh, him and I do the Zero Technique podcast together, and that show was a lot of fun. We usually record Wednesday nights, but Ryan is now uh, coaching Wednesday nights for a hockey team, so kudos to him on that. And, yeah, so hold on. It looks like Ahmed made it in. Ahmed, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can. Perfect. I think I know what happened. I had had it on – I had like the thing playing in the background and that might have that might have interfered with the uh, they might interfere with each other. So hopefully it works now. Okay, understandable. I'm trying mm. to see if we can get Ty in here. But anyway, Ahmed, while we figure that out, if you would like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, uh tell them kind of how you got started with Back Sports Page and kind of how we got to where we want to be with the podcast and then we can go from there. All right. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I'll hopefully finish good and stuff. So we'll see which, uh, which ends first. Um, so just a little bit about me. I'm, I'm, uh, my name, my, my name is Ahmed Chifa. Uh, I'm born and raised in Jersey. Uh, how I, I'm a, I graduated as like a chemical engineer of all things, but no one needs to know about that. I'm in, I love sports because that has nothing to do with that right now. I, I, I love sports. I love football. I found out about X sports page through an ad on indeed of all things. I That's like unexpected. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, supplied. And then I heard from Randy and it was like, Oh, okay. I'm curious to see what it's about. And then, I got into, before I knew it, I was getting introduced to you, Jared, and Tyrone, and this whole group of writers. I don't know if if people listen to your other podcast, they know Randy, they know Bill. You know, they they got me into this in the first place. They're really cool and everything. Um, and before I knew it, I'm just I just uh like I I got introduced to them sometime in I think was it July, and then I was writing within a week or two, and uh. With that, this whole thing was born. So that's uh, that's sort of my end of it. It's, it it kind of came almost out of nowhere, really. So, but it's been really fun. 
it's been a really fun few months and uh and it's been cool man like just writing articles that's honestly the fun thing yeah no i definitely have to agree with you i um i was so i'm actually in college yeah we know about you too like, yeah, I don't know if you already told the audience or anything like that. Well, I know I've talked about it a little bit on uh, the other podcast with Ryan, but since it's our new show, I yeah. so I'm studying sports journalism in college. And right. what I'm trying to do is I want to I, I want to be a sports journalist. I want to be able to go to games, write about them, write about events happening with players and stuff like that. So when I was scrolling on Indeed, uh, I actually, just like you, I found the advertisement for it, and I figured, hey, the worst they can say is no. And at the time, I was actually in a class that required me to have my own blog, which I was writing about the NFL at the time. And, you know, so basically what ended up happening was I – so I ended up hearing from Randy, and he liked what I had on my blog, and – Next thing I know, I'm writing for Back Sports Page and interviewing Sony Michelle. So I thought that was a really cool experience. And for those that don't know who Sony Michelle is, he's a running back for the New England Patriots. So that um, was a very surreal experience. And then just like Ahmed said, my favorite team is my favorite team is obviously the Patriots. You know, given I'm from Boston and I just homegrown. Uh, so it was definitely crazy, like stepping out on Gillette, seeing all the Super Bowl banners at the top. It was definitely interesting. Yeah, I mean, I can I can imagine. I, I I've been in much more, uh, uh, you know, for, for a different event. And I gotta tell you, just being because I'm a giant. So also, I told you from Jersey, Giants fan. So I'm not, <laughs> it's not going that. You know, um, it's definitely being in your, you know, your favorite team, stadium. So that's like that's really cool, just being in somewhere involved in something. You know, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's see. Hopefully we can get Ty in here because I'd like to have people listen to Ty's background and where he comes from and how he got started with back sports page. So I mean, I guess while we're waiting for Tyrone, we can, uh, we can start with some of the topics and I guess we can start with some injuries and how that might affect some fantasy football. Because I know that's kind of how our our little group started. We both, um, like you, me, Tyrone, we all kind of started because we were talking about fantasy football so often with everybody in the group chat. And then since a lot of people either don't play or it kind of just seemed like we were blowing up the chat, we kind of separated and started our own little fantasy football chat ourselves and, then next thing we knew, we we were all talking about how we're all in the playoffs and what we got going on. So, um, yeah. So I mean, where have you finished so far? 
So, uh, let me see. I actually lost. So, in terms of the, the playoffs, I finished six in the money. Both the two leagues that I care about. Um, unfortunately, I lost. I lost both. Um, I I was I was in five leagues this year. I did not care about the three. I but like that's like for me that's a that's that's like a huge drop off. I used to be really like crazy obsessed with fantasy football. So right now, yeah, now I just uh now I try to get away from it. But yeah, I finished sixth. Um, my team started off like one and five, and then winning streak. Like towards the last two weeks, I was stressing a little bit, but my team my team was okay. I made some some dumb moves in hindsight. But I I like I, I made the kind of moves that I look back and go, I could not have known any better. You know, like oh I could have picked up Drew Locke and started him. He outscored Tom Brady and I have Tom Brady and he wasn't great. So that's right. well, like those things. Yeah you can't know that ahead of some you know, those little things. But yeah. No, but, I get uh, it. I, and for myself, I I finished first overall in my league, so I actually didn't have to play last week. My my league does buys. I finished mm-hmm. ten and three. And now for the semifinals, I'm projected to win, but I know I'm gonna have a tough matchup. Um my my opponent were actually we played each other twice during the regular season and it, we're we're one and one against each other right now and we have like a little bit of a rivalry going on since since before the season even started cuz during draft night it got a little heated and you know how it goes so uh I'm excited for the matchup I uh, and you know I'm going to tell you this is actually my first year doing a competitive fantasy football league beforehand I was I did last year was my first year ever and I started with um, ESPN just the free league and I finished in first place so I thought you know what if I can finish in first place in this I can test my luck and see how I would do in an actual league where people set their rosters every week where people actually want to make trades and stuff like that so even if I lose this week I made it to the semifinals. I'll be fighting for third place. And I think for my first year, I think that's pretty solid. That's, that's pretty, that's, that's, that's solid, but definitely what I think is cool that you you just got into it. I think it's cool that like, you do. Um, happens, I, like I agree. It's, it's a learning, it, you learn from it either way, but it sounds like you're, it's from what you've shown me, like it does seem like your team is, relatively stacked like I, I think you have a pretty good chance i think you have a pretty good chance to win i'll say that listen i i i've basically ridden the back of christian mccaffrey all the way to where i'm at right now so <laughs> <laughs> I, I have you, the third overall know. pick i picked him up little dude. Right. <laughs> I a little dude right yeah i mean i don't think anyone expected him to have the season he's having so not just not even no. I mean, guys like Saquon. Like, if we're talking about injuries, I know that Saquon's healthy technically, but I don't like that. He's been a big bust. Camara, I think that's been mostly because of injury. Like, even though they've been out a couple of games, I really think 
I think they're still injured, just playing through injuries, you know? It's kind of crazy. Yeah, and, you know, I was actually saying this um, when Saquon first got drafted. I genuinely believe that he has what it takes, assuming he stays healthy and that, you know, he doesn't really, you know, like no injuries and whatever, he stays healthy, he keeps playing in a good environment. Because, like, what he's doing with the Giants, I have to say, is very impressive given the situation that the Giants have between having a young rookie quarterback or having Eli Manning, who's kind of past his prime at this point. And I really do think Saquon Barkley has what it takes to be one of the best running backs of all time, like in the history of the game. And yeah, I think, I think but. <laughs> oh no, I was just going to say, I think his health is going to be a big, a big factor for that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think, I think ultimately health and the help, the, how good off his line, that's going to be big. Cause his, his surroundings were great last year, and he's a rookie. But I just think – I think you're right. I really think, first of all, injuries the one thing that could hold him back from being – he's LT. That, that's my take on it. I think he's LT. Um, and I think if he gets even an average surrounding cast, you know, offense and, you know, even a decent defense to help him out a little bit, I think he'll – I think he'll reset. that. I don't know, but like I would use, he's transcendent. And I, I don't think, I don't really know that there's an argument. That's, that's really the only question I think that's on the table. No, I, I, I agree a hundred percent. And, you know, you see every now and again, you see that players, especially players like Saquon and, you know, Alvin Kamara and even Christian McCaffrey, they always tend to have a fall-off season. But I, I can you even consider them fall-off seasons, though? I mean, look at Patrick Mahomes, for example. You see what Patrick Mahomes could do last year, right? You saw the, the numbers he put up, and they were absurd. They were absolutely absurd. But this year, his numbers aren't nearly as good as what they were last year, but his numbers are still elite. And people are saying, oh, Patrick Mahomes just isn't the same as he was. So, like, I don't know if I buy that or not. All right. So, yeah, what, what, I would, what I would say, first of all, I think you hit it right on the head with, with saying, is it a drop-off season? Like, for Saquon, it's injury line and the rookie quarterback figured out Mahomes it was always still amazing this year and I think he's been amazing when he's played it's just a offense the 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 system's been okay it's just not as fluid he's still amazing it's just going from 50 touchdowns to anything else is relative standards you know you know you have it in him so it's the whole LeBron thing you're kind of you're 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 your standard is yourself, and anything below that, people start to think of you for no reason. You're still amazing, potential Hall of Fame quarterback if he's healthy, but and he he looks like a regular, just really good quarterback stats wise. But when he on the field, he he looks great for play. 
and then a guy like Saquon, it's it's the injuries on a per play basis. You see it. You see the talent. Kamara, who's had an okay season, although for fantasy he's disappointing, but he's having an okay season. I think it just it depends on watching the film and seeing how the guy looks, seeing if there's a drop off. And I think for the most part, these guys, the drop off isn't in the film to stats. And sometimes, you know, for example, like uh, for Zeke, I'll just say one, you could talk. Zeke has a lack of big plays, you know, and that's, I think, just unlucky. That's just really unlucky. I don't think it's anything about his a drop off in talent or anything. So a lot of it's just fluky. A lot of it's unlucky. And I wouldn't be surprised if next year Mahomes is challenging for 50 touchdowns again or 2,000 scrimmage yards. I think, I think over the course of history, things correct themselves in the way of the star. No, and that's that's another thing too. Is so like obviously we're talking about like barring players being healthy or being injured and stuff like that, but then you have situations like Cam Newton. In my opinion. Cam Newton's numbers may not be elite, but he is an elite playmaker. Cam Newton single-handedly carried the 2015 Carolina Panthers to a Super Bowl. They didn't win, but he got them there. He did what the quarterback's supposed to do. He got them to the Super Bowl. 2016, bad season. Okay. They missed the playoffs. It happens. 2017, they go 11-5. and five. Cam Newton has a decent season. They lose in the playoffs. Okay, but they still made it. And then last year, while the team finished awful, Cam Newton threw the first eight games with 6-2 and two and statistically was having the best season of his career ever. Like ever, ever. And then he got injured in week 10 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that was it. The team was like, we're going to keep playing Cam, even though he, we know he's injured. They, they have played him game after game after game, knowing he's injured. And they knew it was a shoulder injury, and he, he couldn't throw the deep ball anymore. He couldn't throw more than 20 yards. And as a quarterback, that's not acceptable. But – what I've noticed is no one cares about that because as you know, I'm as much of a big Patriots fan as I am. I also love the Carolina Panthers. I love the team. I love the atmosphere about that team. I just, I love everything about that team. And the fan base is very critical of Cam Newton. Oh, Cam Newton. He sucks. Get him out of here. We don't want him here anymore. He's washed up. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Everyone's saying, oh, he's not good. He's not good. He's, he's inaccurate. He can't throw. He can't do this. He can't do that. He's not the same Cam as before. But is that really true? Because the team forced him to play about five extra weeks of, through a shoulder injury, finally pulled him out. His shoulder was fine. His throws looked okay. But he has his number one receiver is DJ Moore, who – Granted, he is an exceptional, exceptional wide receiver, and I think he's a great kid, and I think he can be very talented. I just don't see him as a number one right now. 
And he has Ben Curtis Samuel as his number two. And again, same boat. A talented kid, but I just don't think he's come into it yet. And he gets injured in the preseason against the Patriots, plays two games of the regular season, they lose, and now they bench him for Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen started the season hot and then had a major drop-off. But his numbers weren't elite either, and everybody was saying, Kyle Allen's the answer. Kyle Allen is the answer. And so for me, it's what line is there do you cross when there is a an injury involved? Is it Cam Newton's fault that the team is bad as they are? Is it Kyle Allen's fault? Is it the coaching staff? But why is it that people are crucifying Cam Newton and saying, we don't want him on the team anymore, but they want Kyle Allen? Right. So I think I can answer. I can answer. I can take that point by point. Number one, I think the main reason people crucify Cam Newton is because just record-wise, he's been average. You know, you take out those two seasons, and you, you, know, you take out anybody's best two seasons, they'll look worse by comparison. But he's, he's you know, for a lot of his career, he wasn't surrounded by Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. And I'll get to that because I disagree about that, but I'll, I'll get to that. But he didn't have the talent he has now. This is like this. I think people should take notice of this. This is by far the best uh, arsenal of weapons that the Panthers have had in the Cam Newton era, you know, healthy or not. This is the best. He, he didn't have – yeah, oh, yeah, I think, we can, I think we can all agree. But you can argue it's maybe a bit late. I don't know if – I think they bring Cam Newton back next year. I think that's a big question if they bring him back. I would think it's a mistake not to because I think he's still got plenty of good years left. I think – I would say I strongly believe they kind of handled this the way the Colts handled Andrew Luck a little bit. You know, Andrew Luck, had, he was battered by a bad offensive line. He's not as mobile, but I think it's similar. By the time Luck got, you know, a great offensive line and good a good running game and good weapons and a good coaching staff, which we'll see if the Panthers get. It, he's, he was battered. He was injured. His He just couldn't take it. I really am scared it's going to happen with Cam Newton, I hope. It's like part of me thinks he'll he'll be fine if he. But the issue I think is they reined him in, so they got him injured, and then they the thing that makes him special that makes Lamar Jackson special, they made they stopped him for they stopped him from running. Now, I do think the big thing is he didn't have all these weapons and, and everything, so his record didn't look as great. His defense was the catalyst. I think that people haven't seen the full version of Cam. I think he's been playing injured for three years. That's my, that's my, I don't know, hot take, I guess. I think he's been playing injured for a while. You know, we, we just find out stuff now. He's finally getting surgery. He, you know, he had a duck arm pretty much. And we were like, this is Cam Newton. His, was a rocket. Um, that's that's it. that's the main part part of it, and I the only disagreement I I think we'll have is I think DJ Moore is the number one receiver. I just think that Kyle Allen had such a hot start, so we didn't we just people thought he's the answer. 
that's really it. He just looked okay. But I think he's a backup, and now people sort of are going to agree on that. But with, I think DJ Moore hasn't really been utilized the way a number one receiver has, which is which makes sense. He's in his second, well, his second year, I think. So I think I think I really think he's a number one receiver. I think he's Steve Smith. I don't know if he's as good, but I think talent-wise, they're comparable. Uh, he just doesn't have that dog. But I think he's I think he's got that type of number one receiver in him. You know, the guy that moves the chains, gets it's consistent. Like he's is he the a top ten receiver? I don't know. But I think he's a number one. I don't know about Curtis Samuel. I think he's boom bust, but I don't know enough about him. I just know he's ath- more athlete than player, so we'll see. And I think the offensive line is average. I really think that they're gonna bring um, another running back, like a power, ideally a power back, to complement Christian McCaffrey. Because if they if they keep using him like this, he's gonna, he's gonna wear out by by twenty six. You know, it, so. I think we just haven't seen the best of Cam Newton. He's been playing injured. He that like that's just what players like to do. That play, players think they should tough it out. So that's the the argument is a that Cam Newton is he coming back next year and b has he really been playing healthy? I don't think so. I think he's been injured, and I think when when we see him fully healthy and just even bet a little bit better as a pocket passer, I think we're I think people are people are going to talk about it. That's that's my take. Yeah, so that's like I said. So David Tepper, the new owner, actually came out and said uh, recent, or I believe it was today, actually, a source from the Panthers front office regarding David Tepper said that Tepper prefers a healthy Cam Newton as the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. So the chances of the Panthers moving on from Cam this offseason is slim. I don't think he's going to get traded, and I don't think he's going to get an, a contract extension yet. I think what's going to happen is over the course of the preseason and what happens next, I think we're going to see we're, we're going to see Cam Newton healthy for the first time come the regular season. And I think by week five or six is when it's going to determine just where the team and Cam stand together. I mean, if by week six and they're, you know, five and one, four and two, yeah, you give Cam that contract extension. I mean, clearly he's healthy enough to win games. And obviously it's going to depend on his play as well. But let's say he stays healthy through those six games, he does well, he he wins you four out of the six games or whatever, then, yeah, I think that's when you offer him extension because a talent like Cam Newton, especially the Cam we saw back in 2015, is very rare. It is incredibly rare to come by. And the, the one thing that I will disagree with you on is that I think them bringing in like a power back might not necessarily be worth the cap hit for them, depending obviously how much they would have to pay or whatever, if Cam comes back 100% healthy. Because now you have to stop Cam Newton running and Christian McCaffrey running. That that just seems unrealistic for any defense. You're not going to be able to stop both of them. And if you're stopping both of them, you're not going to be able to stop 
DJ Moore. You're not going to be able to stop Curtis Samuel. And it, you have to look at these things. And I mean, if Greg Golson doesn't retire and he comes back, how are you going to stop him while you're trying to stop four other guys? You know what I mean? So I think that's just why it it's baffling to me why people just hate on Cam so much. And they say that he's the problem. But the team's having the same trajectory. So, but that that's the problem with injuries is, I mean, as a Patriots fan, you see Rob Gronkowski before he retired, how many back surgeries he had before the age of 30 and just how he was feeling each and every single time. And even after he retired talking about how scary some of the injuries were, where he was saying like he would black out during like some of his hits and concussions and stuff like that. And if Gronk had an off season, do you blame him as a player or do you blame the injuries? So that's kind of where I'm confused is like, why with some players is it the player's fault and others it's the injury? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think you can't really blame a player for injuries. Um, You just, they just happen. I think it's the, the question to ask is how is it managed? Do they play, are they playing through it? I, I think players have, feel this obligation to play less than 100%, and I think it, everybody's got different uh, pain tolerances. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> I, I don't really know who you can blame or if anybody is to blame. Although I do think, I do think there are teams that have bad uh, medical staffs, and you can tell if guys are constantly getting injured. So I, I don't know about Carolina's uh, in, in medical staff, but. I mean, who knows? Like, I, all I know is I, I'm just curious to see – I'm just curious to see them come back from injury. Uh, I've seen players, a lot of players this year, just l- clearly not look themselves. Like, we see, we see what happens in Los Angeles with the Rams. Everyone just saying like, it's obvious something's wrong with Todd Gurley. Are they saving him for a potential playoff run when they could have used this, you know, back to make – when they were – Look like they could make the playoffs. Um, oh, by the way, for the power back thing, I mean like a cheap power back, you know, for the Panthers. It's, you know, somebody somebody that's just going to get a few carries a game. But, uh, yeah. So, anyway, I, I, don't, I don't really think there's, there's anything you can say about injuries. It's just – it's unlucky. The only, the only thing I think people are, are quick to jump on is that a guy is injury prone. And I think, for example – Dalvin Cook. I'm, I know I'm throwing a bit of names out there, but a guy like Dalvin Cook, I thought he was injury prone. I think a lot of people thought that, and he looks like he's healthy for the first time in his career. So, you know, you, I don't really know if you can answer that. It takes maybe a few seasons. You know, for Cam, is he injury prone? I I, I think not, but, you know, you have to see, see a few more years. It, you know, it's hard to tell if a guy is injury prone or if he's just, you know, you know a Nick in there, it's just unlucky, and it's just for one season. So, yeah, I, I'm not like all in all. It's uh, I think that's that's just the iffy. That's somewhat iffy in of itself, but who knows? I think we'll see in 2020. No, absolutely, and I'm very excited for that. The big thing though is how injuries affect fantasy football. So, like I know we were talking about that. Just a little while ago, I mean, you made it to the playoffs. I made it to the playoffs. I know Tyrone, if he was here, would be 
saying how he made it to the playoffs and uh, how Lamar Jackson is probably going to single-handedly win him a couple of his leagues. So there's that because Lamar Jackson is just a freak of nature and it's awesome. And yeah, I mean, one of the best receivers this year for fantasy football is Mike Evans, who played for the Bucks. And the Bucks, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are an awful team. They're not that good. And Mike Evans got injured during the quarterfinals of fantasy football playoffs. Do you know how much that hurts? The the person in my league who won last year actually had Mike Evans as his number one wide receiver, and he got injured during the quarterfinals. Man, that's the worst. Like I I think didn't did he did he get injured on the touchdown? I don't even yeah. remember. So it was wow. on. It was, I believe it was like a sixty-eight or sixty-seven-yard touchdown pass, and he like must have tore. I, I don't know the extent of his injury. I, I didn't actually look much into it, but all I know is he he was ruled out for the whole game, and now it's to the point where like he won't even be back for if if the if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers even somehow made the playoffs, he wouldn't even be back for that. So his season is effectively done. And, like, I was thinking about how many injuries there were over this course of the season. And, I mean, Drew Brees, one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league, injured, out for 10 weeks. You have a player like Saquon Barkley, one of the best running backs in the league, who's also one of the top running backs in fantasy, out for, what was it, five weeks? Then, I mean, you know, the Ravens, are lucky that they are incredibly talented and the Ravens are extremely lucky that they, they have a bunch of different pieces, but Marquise Hollywood Brown, like he was injured on and off all season for the Ravens and he was supposed to be a better fantasy option. So like, I I want your opinion. I want to know what are some of the biggest injuries that had the most impact on seasons? Do you think? On seasons, um, hmm. I mean, off the top of my off the top of my head, I think Camara because even though it was only what three games, like two games in the bye, I think. Um, I think that it's it's hurt him so much. He was a, what, a top three pick consensus. You know, some cases he was the number one pick in the draft, but ever since the injury, he's just not looked the same. Um. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what it is. Is, is it him, the lack of usage? But I think that's actually the biggest one. I think Saquon, I think Saquon is the biggest one because he he's been in and out of the lineup, and now it's just he's just not the same. And he was probably the number one pick in drafts. I think he was the number one in most leagues. So I, I think that's the biggest one. And actually, one I just that comes to mind right now, James Conner. James Conner was what a first round pick probably or second round pick at the latest and he big Ben gets injured. I think that's, that had a ripple effect. I think I would say big Ben because big Ben affected uh, Juju. He affected James Connor. Any other ancillary weapon would have been good with big Ben, but now they're on their, the, the Steelers are on what the third string quarterback. And now, uh, and now they're at a point where they, they're shuffling at running back. You know, you, you, so I I think those two injuries have been huge. I know that that hurt me. Actually, 
Um, oh, you tell me what you think about this. Matthew Stafford. I think that was – that was Carrion Johnson and Matthew Stafford. I think that I th- was – Huge. Absolutely huge. And I actually got very, very lucky with that. Would it's unfortunate. I, I, correct. I hate seeing players get injured. I hate it more than anything. And the one thing that makes me cringe and that aggravates me more than anything when it comes to sports is when somebody cheers when somebody gets injured. But I have never been more thankful for somebody getting injured in my life. And it's because of fantasy football. I had Drew Brees as my starting quarterback. In week two, he goes down and he's out for half the season. Okay, I go to the waivers, and I'm streaming quarterbacks almost every week, but I always had Matthew Stafford on my roster. And I was like, I don't know if he's reliable. I don't know what he's going to do. So I'm just going to whatever. Like, I'll stream a, a different quarterback. And every time I didn't stream him, or like every time I didn't start him, he always put up 20, 25, 30 points, where the quarterback I streamed would put in, you know, 11, 12, 15 points and go from there. The big thing that made it for me, though, was how I believe it was around week seven. The guy that who had the other first round by in my league who finished as the second seed, him and I became like met through obviously our league and we became pretty close friends and I was saying in our group chat that we have for our league, hey, like I need a quarterback. So like I'm trying to figure out a trade. And the trade I made was Matthew Stafford, Odell Beckham Jr. And Darren Waller and Muhammad Sanu. And I traded for Dak Prescott. I traded for DeAndre Hopkins. And I got Emmanuel Sanders. That was the trade I got. Yeah. And that is a good, good that was a good haul. That was a good haul. <laughs> <laughs> and I then traded I had Cortland Sutton at the time as well, and I traded him for Hunter Henry and Golden Tate. But I traded Sony Michelle and Golden Tate to get Chris Carson. Lots of upgrades, lots of trades. I'm not gonna get into it. <laughs> but two weeks after I made that trade, Dak has been on absolute fire. On fire. That, that He's, leading the league in yards. He's leading the league he, in passing yards. I, it, it baffles me how Jason Garrett still has a job at the Cowboys when Dak Prescott is playing out of his mind. But that's not even it. So I got Dak Prescott, and I was like, okay, I now have a consistent quarterback until Drew Brees comes back. And then when Drew Brees comes back, I can stream them depending on the matchup and go from there. Right. And – it has worked out very well for me, but I felt so bad for my friend when I traded Matthew Stafford because two weeks prior or two weeks after the trade, he got injured and it was, it was a severe injury. And the granted my, my friend is kind of in a good situation because he has Lamar Jackson, but now Lamar Jackson is even slightly injured. He's listed as questionable right now. I mean, he did practice. They did say he's going to play. But, I mean, to what extent is his injury? Like, we have no idea. 
We have no idea if it's going to affect him at all come Sunday. So I, I think Matthew Stafford was one of the bigger uh, injuries. I mean, yeah, and because I, I, the other the other first thing is it came out of nowhere with Big Ben. He got injured week two, right? and he, he injured week two, and you go, okay, it sucks, but <clears throat> at least you have the rest of the season. Matthew Stafford was on fire going into the you know going you know when when he got injured, and he it was out of nowhere to the point where it was brushed off. Oh yeah, he's got a a back injury, he'll be fine. And then he's not, he goes from that to he's not playing. His season might be in jeopardy. And now you're talking, he's talking about his career won't be affected. So that's just a weird thing. And it affected Kenny Galladay. I mean, carry on Johnson. I, I think, I think all in all, it's really unlucky. I hope he comes back. I think he'll come back fine next year, but yeah, that was a really crazy one, but it's good. You're, I mean, it's, it's nice your friend has Lamar Jackson, although I mean, I think he'll be fine. I, I think that's just that that can happen with running quarterbacks. So I always thought that the I think this year has taught me that injuries don't really discriminate. So it doesn't matter if you're a running quarterback, if you're a statue in the pocket. Drew Brees got injured. Matthew Stafford got injured. Big Ben got injured. And I, I just assumed, you know, when I went safe and like relatively safe in our draft. I thought, oh, Tom Brady and Big Ben and Matthew Stafford. I mean, I think, I think anything can happen to anybody. And you, and if a guy like Dak Prescott teaches you anything, it's, yeah, like you never, you really never know. But fantasy football is just not at all predictable. That is, I think, the one consistent thing year in and year out. Yeah, and I mean, that was one of the craziest things that you mentioned that, like, with injuries, don't discriminate. Because even last year, at the start of the season, by week three or four, there were some major names who got injured. I mean, look at Jimmy Garoppolo towards ACL. Richard Sherman got injured again. Like, there was just a lot of injuries that piled up. And I was – and last year, I was saying, man – there's these, there are so many injuries. Like I don't ever remember hearing about this many, and now I'm looking at this season, and it's like double what happened last year. And I'm again thinking the same thing. Now, like <clears throat> the thing about injuries, though, is it the, the problem is is that the game is becoming more aggressive and just the human body's not built for it, or is it just maybe lack of self-care for some of the players? Like, why do you think there are so many injuries that are piling up? Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny you mention it, especially this year compared to last year. You, you might have said last year that the NFL is getting tougher, concussions, but it's weird. It's as if the rules we made that the NFL is making, I said we, the rules that the NFL is making to make the game safer – I think number one, they're not really working. These rules where you know you you have to hit less and all these call, all these all these issues of you know hitting into helmet to helmet. Well, it's just getting players hurt in other areas, you know. So I think the fact that tackling is different, um, I think it's a factor. I don't know if that's a 
I don't know if that's the main one. I do I do agree. Uh, I just got a text. I just saw Tyrone. You know, I hope. Uh, I mean, I hope he, I was able to get in, but I agree that, like he said, like it's injuries are part of the game because football's kind of a gladiator sport. I mean, I think you can. You know, that's, that's a good point. It really is. Uh, I think that that's always been the case. I, I, like, for example, I think you can compare football almost to gladiator sports. You're kind of throwing players in, and then, you know, you just – maybe football stadiums are the equivalent of a coliseum or something. Um, but they're definitely just part of the game. Um, I don't know if they need I, – I do think, like, the shorter practices and the offseason and, and – and, uh, not as ideal conditioning as in the past. I think that's a factor. I also think, and you, and I, I, I don't know how people feel about this, but I think, for the most part, outside of a few exceptions, there are no great offensive lines in the league. I think the the off- there's a big uh, offensive line epidemic in the league around the league, where for the most part, the pl- play is below average or average you know you got the ravens you got the saints i would even like the cowboys used to be this elite offensive line now they're pretty good but yeah for the most part they're part of that middle class of solid but you know uh vulnerable and that affects i think the entire offense maybe even a team if you think about you know like the bears who have that at quarterback the I mean, look at like for example the Giants. They started two and two, and then this huge losing streak. Um, uh, I mean, it's it's I I just think that the offensive line affects everything on offense because if look at the Browns, the Browns are the prime example of that. We all thought that the Browns would be this juggernaut, but they but Baker's good getting hits and. You know, because of that, you see all this disconnect on the, with the receivers and and uh, this and just that system in general. So I think I think that's the biggest part of it, and I think that's a bigger problem than most people realize. And I I will definitely agree to that. Um, I think the offensive line is there to protect like obviously the offensive line is there to protect but you know Tyrone does bring up a good point uh, and it sucks we can't hear him in the on the show right now but I mean we have him listening he's he's messaging us so he's able to convey his thoughts to you guys um he's saying that the defensive lines are actually getting bigger they're getting stronger and faster which is making the best offensive lines look worse than they actually are. And I mean, I'm not with what I'm about to say, I'm not trying to be biased and I'm not trying to insinuate anything. I I think the, if you look at the Patriots, right. When Isaiah Wynn was injured for a majority of last season and uh, some of this season, their offensive line was God awful. And it still is. And I mean, when you think about what an offensive line is supposed to do, it is supposed to stop and it is supposed to put, it's supposed to protect the quarterback and give him time to throw the ball, find their options, whatever. 
Now, when Tom Brady has time, he throws the ball in about 2.2 seconds. That's how fast Tom Brady releases the ball. He finds his man. He throws the ball. He gets it to them. He gets it complete. The problem is that is insanely fast, and Tom Brady's still getting hit before he can release the ball. That's not a, a good offensive line. I was watching a Carolina – I've watched a few of the Carolina Panthers games all season long. Like Every week that I possibly could, I would watch them. And I remember seeing post after post after post on Facebook and in these group chats about how the Carolina Panthers offensive line is bad. But I, I'm relating it to how long does Kyle Allen hold the ball? Four, five, six seconds? That's a long time in the grand scheme of how fast the game is played. And I don't think that's the offensive line's fault. I think that goes back to what Tyrone was saying, where even if these guys are great blockers and they're great at what they're doing, the defense is still stronger and they're still going to get through. So the longer you hold that ball, the less likely it is you're going to get the pass complete and the more likely it is you're going to get hit. So I feel like there has to be a line drawn where we say this team's offensive line is garbage and this team's offensive line is good. I think we have to take everything into consideration in terms of how long is the quarterback holding the ball? Because in my opinion, holding the ball for anything more than four seconds is entirely unrealistic. So I, I actually have to agree with Tyrone on this one. But I do want to jump in to the next topic. Um, now, it could, be, it could be a very touchy subject, but I want to know your, mm-hmm. your guys' opinion on Michael Vick and what's, kind of what's been surrounding him as of late. I I actually about that. I'm gonna just own up to it. Can you tell me more about what exactly is going on with him? Like I, I yeah, I really just haven't followed that recently. Sure. So Michael Vick, obviously, we all know what he did way back when. Yeah. Yeah. It it was actually about 12 years ago. And it when Michael Vick got named a Pro Bowl captain, people started coming literally out of the woodwork saying Michael Vick is a terrible person. We don't want him in the NFL. We don't want him being a pro bowl captain. We don't, we don't want him doing anything. And now the problem is, or not necessarily the problem, the, the issue that a lot of people aren't looking at or, or the angle a lot of people aren't looking at is Michael Vick served 18 months in prison for what he did. He paid millions of dollars in fines. He had to pay back what the Atlanta Falcons paid him. And after he retired from the NFL, without media coverage, he went and started volunteering it and being an advocate for being against animal cruelty. And he donated his own time, his money. And he did it all without media access, without media presence. And he didn't, like, no one alerted the media. He did it on his own. And a lot of people are saying, that doesn't matter. He doesn't deserve a second chance. He's a scumbag. He's this, he's that. And I, I just, I personally think, look, his, his actions were inexcusable. And 
obviously no one is condoning what he did. No one is supporting what he did. However, what he did do is pay his dues. He owned up to what he did. He took his punishment as he was supposed to, and and he, he paid for his mistakes, and now he just wants to live a normal life. So my question is, what do you guys think of that? There was a petition that got started that got – like it, it was almost around 400,000 signatures to remove him as Pro Bowl captain. Um, I, I mean, so if, if the, if my thought on Michael Vick is, I mean, I, I think everyone deserves a second chance. I, I don't think that, you know, I don't think there's anybody really beyond, like who's gone beyond reason or anything. It seems from what I've seen, you know, I, I could be wrong, but just from what I've seen, it sounds like he's trying to just reform. He's been trying to reform for years. That's what I've seen um and i don't agree with this petition at all i mean i think that i don't want to be i don't want to be making the comparison oh this guy did this i mean but that there are players who have done way worse and yet they like i hate to bring it up but guys like ray rice you know it, it, it took a, it took the nfl longer than it should have for that to go away i'm not going to go into it but i just don't agree about going after somebody who just is trying. It looks like they're at least trying and making the effort to change. And it looks like he's using his own experiences to, you know, to uh, atone and also to, and also just help maybe uh, inspire other people because I think everybody makes mistakes and you're right. No, we're not going to condone what he did, but I think, I just think that, it's it's kind of ridiculous that a guy uh, that somebody who's at least trying to get on that right path and people are just knocking him. Okay, he did one thing. He's scarlet lettered forever. He's he shouldn't ever be accepted back into society. So I don't I don't really think it's it's fair. I don't know how what he's like, and you know, obviously I don't know what he's like as a human being in in person. <laughs> He seems like he's trying, and I think that that matters. Like, that's just it. That just matters. Yeah, no, I agree. And, um, it, you know, I just actually saw on Facebook an article that was saying it's time to move on and forgive him, whatever. But I – and then I had a couple people comment. And one people said – one person said, people can definitely change. But it would be like if he was a child abuser. People don't forget and forgive that easily, which is understandable. No one is asking you to forgive him, and no one is asking you to forget what he did. What people are asking you to do is leave him alone. I don't think that's the same as forgiving, and I don't think that's the same as forgetting. I think leaving someone alone and letting them you know, support – the sport that they pretty much single-handedly changed and made it a running quarterback's league, I think is what people need to do. They just need to leave him alone. Let him, in, let him do this because he, he paid for what he did. And then I had another dude say he should still be in prison or he should share the same fate as some of the dogs. And I mean, 
you get two different types of people, but then you have, and this isn't sports related, but look at other criminals, for example, where, you know, like that woman who walked into that guy's home and shot him because she thought it was her apartment. And people are saying she deserves forgiveness. She deserves forgiven. But like, at what point does a human's life that's wrongly taken equal an animal's life? You know what I mean? Like, even Ray Lewis, like he murdered a man and then went on to win a Super Bowl. Like, that's insane to me. And, and no one ever questioned it. No one questioned him being in the Hall of Fame. No one questioned him or his legacy, even though he, he can he killed somebody. I mean, then you have people like Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, his issue is a little different where, like, he was accused of sexual assault. Obviously, the way he handled it, he, he settled out, out of court loss. Like, he settled out of court, paid the money, and the charges were dropped. So there's no way of obviously ever knowing if what he did is valid. But we can assume... And people don't care. They're like, we love Ben Roethlisberger. But then you look at Antonio Brown, who swears up and down, and as crazy as he is, is like adamant and passionate about not doing what he's being accused of. And people are saying he sh- he doesn't belong in the league anymore, and he's a loser and all this. So like, I just want to try to figure out like why is it that certain people get you know this type of treatment right i mean i was good i was thinking about you know should i mention ray lewis but since you brought him up like i'm you did um because i think that was the prime example he literally he murdered somebody and yet then he won a super bowl uh, so you know that's it's, it's a bit of a double standard i don't think it's logical that's the first thing it's not you, there's not really a straight. You can't really draw a straight line and go, okay, he did this, so this is it's gonna elicit this amount of outrage. I, I'm gonna say it. I love Kobe Bryant. He's my favorite player. He's why I got into basketball. I know it's a bit of a tangent, but he cheated his wife, and you know, it, it was very public. So that you know, you have to ask yourself, oh, okay, uh, are you really gonna, are you really going to? Uh, jump off of somebody because they did something wrong it's clearly wrong no one doubts that but i think the question what i what it sounds like you're asking is okay they did something wrong and everybody knows it's wrong how at what point do they deserve forgiveness i think the i think it's a just leave them alone and b it just it starts off with okay are they at least showing remorse you know um a guy like like big like ben roethlisberger I don't know. Did when anything the thing the things that he did, he doesn't seem like the most likable person in the world. But a guy like Antonio Brown, the reason I don't think he belongs in the league is, he's immature. He he's he rather than just for from the beginning not cause a ruckus and just I don't know make a, a mockery of himself with the Raiders, he just destroyed that. Like it was what the hell did we get ourselves into? <laughs> that that's 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 what he did. So what people think he doesn't belong in the league is because the NFL is this traditional, you know, old school, you know, you know what? And so he just completely defies that. It was 
I didn't see that coming. But, I mean, I just think, I think if a, a player at least shows remorse, fine. You don't have to forgive the person, you know, but just at least see that they're, that they're, that they're genuinely concerned. I mean, I think Tyreek Hill, I don't really know where you stand on that. I wasn't sure, but I think, like, for me, when I heard, I don't know, again, I don't know him as a person, but when I heard the conversation tape between him and his, I think his wife or his fiance or his girl or something, that made me just think, man, this is a horrible person. And I could be totally wrong about that. But I think it's just general perception. I think if, play, if people like a player before he does that thing and then he does it, they'll, they'll find some excuse. They'll find something. But I don't know. People, people maybe dislike Michael Vick, for example, because he was a running a black running quarterback in an era of just regular uh, in an era that, in an era that was not that at all. He completely defied what people, people didn't really know what to make of him. So when he did something that was horrible, people could just immediately go, Oh, okay. He's unconventional. And he's, so he's bad. So I think that, I think there you go. I, there's not really a clear cut explanation. It's never, it's just not rational. Yeah, I I agree to that, and I think it's just, you know, it's one of those things that I think people are just so jaded to the value of, a, I guess, a human life in, my, in terms of Michael Vick's case, where they are, where they value the life of a dog, or multiple dogs, rather, in this case, higher, and I mean, it's, it's incredibly unfortunate, but I do certainly think that, you know, I don't think people's opinions are going to change. So I think no matter what side you're on, you're not going to move from that side. That's just kind of how I see it. Um, But moving on from that, I I feel like we kind of maybe depressed our listeners with that. Um, Yeah. Let's make it something more exciting maybe a little bit. (laughs) A little bit more exciting. So, again, I know I, I sound like a broken record, but obviously Tyrone is not on the call with us, but he is listening. He is communicating with us. He wrote an article a few weeks ago about LeBron James versus Father Time. And, I mean, we've seen athletes do incredible things. I mean, we've seen Tom Brady look like he's getting better with age than not and we've seen people like Vince Carter play until they're 42 and there's a chance Brady's going to play till he's 43 44 45 and I really think that the question is does LeBron have what it takes to stand the test of time and if you guys go to back sports page and you look up Tyrone's stuff, you'll find his article there. It's a great read. And I really do think that that LeBron has, has the chance to play until he's 42 on one condition. He never goes back to Cleveland. If LeBron <laughs> never goes back to Cleveland, he will never have to carry a team like he did in 2017 where he brought the, 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 the Cavs to the finals and single-handedly beat the Celtics. No one else on that roster beat the Celtics. LeBron beat the Celtics. And I will, 
I will argue that till the day I die. I do not think there was one person on that team who contributed enough to get credit for how well they played. And I mean, after they, they won the Eastern conference finals, you know, you, you see a lot of the young guys in the locker room partying and like flashing their cameras on themselves, holding the trophy. And then you see poor LeBron who's in his mid thirties sitting in a tub of ice with ice packs on his knees. His feet are in a tub of ice and there's ice packs on his shoulders and wrapped around his ribs. I'm like, yo, that is not healthy. Like, how can y'all be partying when that man's life is literally in danger? <laughs> I mean, I mean, he, it was almost like he's literally carrying the team. And it's just, yeah, he was doing everything. And I'm, I'm, you, you go, oh my God, why did he leave? Well, he, man, he, he was the team carrying the team. And it's just, it was funny that the, the Cavs just let that be that, oh, yeah, he's just going to do everything. He is going to play 40-something minutes and defend and score 30 and make everyone look, make that team look more respectable than it was shown to be in the finals. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know how you just let that happen. Yeah, I mean... And, like, game one in the finals can just tell you, like, how bad that team is. I mean, how unaware do you have to be in the sport you're being paid millions to play is J.R. Smith when he grabs the ball and runs outside to run out the clock because he thought they were ahead, but the score was tied. (laughs) Like, how unaware do you have to be to, like – have that like there has been I, like there have been so many memes that I have seen of that and it's just like it, that just goes to show how bad that Cleveland team was there wasn't one person who saw what JR was doing and says hey you should probably shoot it and not run like come on oh my god it's just <sighs> oh, wait. Oh, wait. Even... Hold on. Oh, Tyrone, can you hear us? Hold on. He's in here. But. Yeah, I can see that. I can see him. I can't hear him, but he's in here. <laughs> so it's a step in the right direction. But anyway, you know. If LeBron continues playing with the Lakers the way he's been playing and he's playing with Anthony Davis and he's not overextending himself, I really do think he can play until his 40s. Yeah, I, I think, I think, yeah. The only, the only thing is um, he, he just won't be, you know, the best player on a championship team as he's been since what, his second year. And I, I mean, I don't think there's an argument there. I just think – I think he'll be able to play that. It's just how effective. And I think if – you know, I'm a Lakers fan. I would love to see him, you know, just be with the Lakers the rest of his career, however long that is. I think him having a guy like an Anthony Davis 
who you can just pass the torch off to, and maybe even a, a, a second player who you can consider a number two, uh, a Bradley Beal type or a, a Paul George, you know, Paul George, that kind of player. I think if you have two of those guys, find a way to make it work money-wise. But if you have two of those guys, I think that becomes realistic. You can go, oh, okay, he can very well, in my opinion, go to 42. Um, but I just think uh, – I think what he's doing now, actually, is is how he and he starts up the second phase of his career, being the best point guard in the league. I literally think that's it, what he's doing now, in a way that we never saw it before. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I know Tyrone's still trying to figure out his audio, but right. um, based on what he wrote, and like I said, I'll, I'll say it again, if you haven't read his piece yet, you should go check it out. I think it's phenomenal. Um, yeah, like it, it's absolutely likely that LeBron can be the next person to defeat Father Time. I mean, I can't. We can't say Vince Carter's been playing at an elite level, but I mean, I remember being five years old, and my grandmother used to be obsessed with basketball, and I remember when he played for the Toronto Raptors and had a rainbow-colored afro. That was my favorite thing on earth. And that's actually what made me fall in love with basketball. I had a Raptors Vince Carter jersey as a kid, and it was my favorite thing. But now I'm 21 years later, here we are, and he's still playing. And granted, like I said, he's not playing at an elite level, but he's certainly not playing as like a bad player. Like he's he's playing fairly good basketball. And I mean – Look at Tom Brady. I don't know if, you know, my friend and I have a running joke that mm. no matter who you are, you have to assume that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Whether you hate him or you love him, I don't think many people can disagree on that. And my friend and I have this joke that Tom Brady had to have made a deal with the devil to become <laughs> the greatest quarterback of all time and to be the greatest quarterback of all time, because what he's doing with the receivers that he's been playing with and uh, like the offenses, like the team, like just the play, like pieces he's been playing with have never been elite. I mean, except for the year with like Randy Moss, or whatever. Sure. But Gronk. I mean, <laughs> of course Gronk, but I mean, you have Gronk and then Edelman's great. Edelman is fantastic, but I really don't think he'd have the same success anywhere else. I mean, Danny Amendola looked like one of the greatest receivers in the league. <laughs> and then, boom, you have – and then he goes to Miami, he goes to the Lions, and he's not that great. I mean, that is just a common occurrence that Tom Brady is able to elevate his team to that point. And so, like – it's just, I have no idea. So I, I really hope LeBron can can make it to that because I would love to see him playing. Yeah, and I, I think for example for for Brady, I mean, it's funny. I still I I still think he can play till forty five, forty six, whatever. Although it's show, it's kind of unraveling a bit lately. Um, I, I think I think I do think it's actually more realistic for LeBron than it is for Brady because I think. I think uh, LeBron's showing he's LeBron's showing best player in the league still, and he's resting. But I think for Brady, 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, does he even have any gray hairs? I think we, I'm starting to see maybe a couple of gray hairs. Maybe that's the deal he's made. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, I mean, he's he's good on him. I don't know, but I think um, I I do think that both just have a good chance. I, I think I do think though if 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 it's the same thing as uh, for, in the future for Brady as it was this year. I do think that you start to make to think maybe that's a little less realistic. His offensive line isn't great, and his receivers aren't great. And I think there's a breaking point because I think because I would say even in the years he had a you know this kind of receiving core. Well, okay, he had a good offensive line, and he had somebody who was good. You know, I think those teams with Gronk, okay, you had Edelman and nothing else. Well, now you don't have Gronk, and now you're asking Edelman to be a number one receiver, and like you said, if he played anywhere else, he'd be, he'd be, he'd be, uh, you know, he'd be solid, average, he'd be consistent, but he wouldn't, he's a number two, he'd probably be a number two receiver, in my opinion, Um, and you just look at it, he's got two rookies, he's got a third, a, tra- a typical third receiver in Sanu sliding as the number one, as number two, and you just look at it, and you couple that with a below-average offensive line. So for a guy like Brady, who's 42, um, at, if my math is right, he's 42, and he's not getting great protection, and his his receivers just are not getting open. I don't remember even with not so great weapons and a decent offensive line. I've never seen this combination of it being this bad. Um, and I and I and I wonder, you know, do the Patriots what they do in the off season? But I, you know, if it's this, you know, I think the receivers hopefully improve and, uh, or maybe I would say hopefully. I think the rest of the league is waiting for Brady to just say to just retire, like for God's sakes, just let the rest of the league have a chance. <laughs> um, but. I I think I think if things look even just even a little bit better than this year and what they're ten and three, it's it's certainly possible. But I I have more faith in it for LeBron, who still hasn't shown any signs of of slowing down any more than you could ask a thirty five a thirty four thirty five year old superstar to slow down. You know I think for, for for LeBron it's realistic that he could play with his son. I really think that. Yeah, I think I I agree, but I mean we we we're getting towards the end of the show and uh, yeah, there is one thing I I do want to talk to you guys about. Um, now that's actually an article that I'm releasing uh, on Back Sports page that will be coming out whether it's tonight or tomorrow. I mean we have to wait for our boss Randy, who's an incredibly busy man who is very generous for the time he takes out of his day to help us and to give us great opportunities. Um, I am writing an article about Kemba Walker and how, in my opinion, he is the hero that the Celtics needed. But I don't want to talk about that because I want everyone to read my article. I want everyone to go in and see why I believe what I believe. But I want to ask up front. I mean – I know you guys both watch basketball. I know you guys are both very knowledgeable about basketball. 
So as a player, not, not necessarily who would win in a 1v1, but overall, uh, it's, my question is, who is a better player in terms of leadership, in terms of skill, in terms of just their general game? Who is better, Kemba Walker or Kyrie Irving? Kyrie Irving. But, yeah, I, I know I answered that really quick, and I know we don't have much time. But he, what I'll say is I think it's Kyrie's skill. I just think he's a better player. What I think is the difference, you know, the Celtics winning. You know, they started 22-4 and four at one point with Kyrie. I think the difference is Kemba, I, I think Kemba's a, a better leader. I think Kyrie's just better than he's shown. But I think Kemba's a better leader. Uh, a better teammate. I I don't want to call Kyrie a bad teammate, but I think I, I think just Kemba fits better. Uh, I think I also just low, low key Kemba's just been better than he's shown in Charlotte because of better teammates. So Kyrie I think is better, but the gap just isn't as big as we thought it was. I know we're about to run out of time. No, fair but, enough. And I mean Tyrone has the same uh, Ty- Tyrone has the same belief. He thinks. Kyrie is overall a better player in terms of skill, and uh, he gets a bad rap from the media, which, being from Boston, dealing with it, I agree, he does get a bad rap from the media, but I am going to go with Kemba for the argument that Kemba lifts the gameplay of the players around him rather than just himself. Agree. I, I I agree with you. I I don't want to just. I'm. There's no argument. I think. Uh, I just wanted to say that. I think that's he hands down. Kemba makes the rest of his teammates better. Like you continue though, but I I just meant in terms of pure skill. I think it's just Kyrie. That's all. Really, all it is. Right. Well, that's all we have time for. So, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. This is the first episode. I know we had uh, technical difficulties, but I think it uh, was very good. I think so too. Definitely, uh, it was fun. Uh, I hope Ty- I I can't wait to get Tyrone on because he's got some really good takes. I I think everybody's gonna want to hear him. Um, but yeah, I, I I this was a pretty fun first episode, and the the it, the, the nice thing is that <laughs> it's just it's. It had all these difficult technical difficulties, and it's we're still figuring things out. So, in, even with that, health it was really fun. I agree. Apparently, according to my girlfriend, uh, it cut off our goodbyes, but that's okay. Now we know for next time. I mean, I think we were struggling with the uh, the stuff, but. I'm going to end the episode and then I'm going to try to help Tyrone figure out his headset. All right. We'll, uh, we I guess we'll, uh, hopefully try the same time next week. Um, thanks to everybody who's listening. You know, I can't, I'm, I can't wait to try this again next week. Um, and, uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll just figure this out next for next time. And uh, till then, everybody have a good night. Yeah. And.